<laughs> Man, life is good. It is Saturday, March the 28th. It is 2.41 p.m. I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. Um, this is the podcast about people, politics, and professions. This week, I'm going to talk about um, the economy and business, um, and that's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. All righty, thank you very much. Hold on a second here. Started this little... So anyway, um, so this week, um, well, this, this past month, we've had a situation where we've had to change how we've done things. We've been on lockdown, and um, life has been interesting, but it has been a great had a a significant impact on the economy. And there were a couple of people who um, made statements that have a microphone that I felt um, that I wanted to highlight. And so, so let me first play this, this audio. um, And then, and then I'll talk about it. Tonight is our friend Stephanie Rule, senior business correspondent for NBC News, a veteran herself of the investment banking and business world, the host of the 9 a.m. hour on this network. Stephanie, tell us about Mr. Ackman and what did you make of, of that very emotional warning for what we all may be in for? So I know Bill Ackman pretty well, and while much of what he said uh, is shared by a lot of business leaders. Uh, Tonight, for example, Rich Handler, who's the chairman and CEO of Jeffries, wrote a very thoughtful letter uh, that could be a template for what the administration could do, sort of detailing that businesses, small and large, are really going to suffer here. In the financial crisis, the issue were banks, and the government came in and assured that they were solvent and made sure the rest of the system could work. Now what we have is a business crisis, and what we need to do to address the health emergency is stop business. Many business leaders, whether it be Mr. Handler, whether it be Mr. Ackman, have said maybe we need to shut down temporarily and really attack this. Because the thing is, Brian, businesses cannot survive. Most businesses, like individuals who live on credit cards, businesses live on leverage. And across most industries, they cannot survive something like this if it's a slow bleed. So many business leaders are urging the administration to do something more severe. Uh, Rich Handler has suggested not just doing a bailout, but saying let's actually create loans for these companies and instead of writing a check to every American, put the money through these companies to their employees and that will assure they will keep their jobs because three months from now, if all you're doing is paying the American people cash, they will not have any companies to go back to. So there are a lot of thoughtful solutions here, but I have to tell you, What Bill Ackman did today on television was so wildly irresponsible. Okay, so that was Stephanie. And when I heard this, when I watched the video clip and I heard um, what she was saying, it just, there is no clearer example of supply side economics. What she was talking about was plain and simple supply-side economics, Reaganomics. Um, I'm not saying that she specifically is a thought of it as 
supply side economics, but that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. So her, her concept and her idea. And so let me mention that, um, she wasn't the only one who, um, was, was proffering supply side economics. Um, um, Steve Hilton of, uh, Fox news, uh, was also, um, putting forth his idea of, um, supply side economics. And if you listen to his video, so in the, um, description of this, uh, podcast, you will, uh, find a link to both videos. And I encourage you to both listen to, uh, Stephanie rule and, um, Steve Hilton, Steve's video, he started in about, um, him being a business person, having opened a business and him, uh, having something to do with, um, the policy side of, you know, policing businesses. And then he proceeded to, uh, give his take on supply side economics. So, so let me share with you why supply side economics is bad, just bad. Um, so there are three rules. There are written rules, laws against like insider trading, you know, uh, protecting people from harmful products and services. There are unwritten rules like. Uh, the customer is always right, and business is there to serve the customer. And then there are natural rules. Supply-side economics violates natural rules of the market system. The market system is about competition is good. The market will determine needed goods and services. And that means that when you purchase Businesses survive on your purchases. You vote for the companies that you want around with your dollar. And that's how we wind up with the companies that we want that benefit us and that do the things that we want them to do and that we agree that that is a good for us. Supply side economicers are people like, um, Stephanie and, um, Steve, that say, support the business. Let's make the business survive. Because the business survives, then it will take care of the people. It will determine what is good and fair and right for the people. And, and that is backwards. That is completely backwards. Um, and that's why, uh, supply side economics was considered voodoo economics. It was, um, businesses don't survive. If you, if you don't, if you don't go into a, a business and lay down your money, they have nothing to operate with. Everything that they have comes from you, um, the, the public by supporting the business. There is a, 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 there's going to be businesses that, probably should not exist and would not exist um, that are going to get, maybe these businesses were dying. They were on their way out and they're going to get 
an influx of cash and resources um, to survive. And, and that's not how business is supposed to operate. That's not how things are supposed to go down. And so um, these, these couple of people, um, and maybe they, they recognize that they're uh, supply siders, or maybe they don't recognize it. They just think that if, if a company fails and uh, the jobs are lost, that companies aren't going to exist. And that's just not the case. Um, so let me share with you in, in 19 and 2019, um, there were 9,300, 9,300 stores that closed. Nine thousand three hundred stores that closed. Um, Payless Shoe Source closed. Twenty five hundred stores. They were established in nineteen fifty six, but people didn't want Payless Shoes, so Payless Shoes closed. Or maybe Payless Shoes made some bad decisions, and we'll get more into that in a minute. Sears. 175 stores closed. They've been around since 1893. They filed for bankruptcy. They're going out of business. Walgreens, um, they've been around since 1901. They have 9,277 9, stores and they closed 200 stores in um, 2019. They're the second largest pharmacy. Um, competition from CVS and other pharmacies is, is causing them um, to re have to rethink their business. Family Dollar lost 390 stores. So um, businesses close. Businesses uh, from a combination of business decisions and changes in what people like and don't like cause businesses to have to either make changes or close. Now you may say, well, Leon, that's, uh, those are large corporations. Um, the majority of customers or the majority of companies that hire uh, employees are small businesses. So from 2008 to 2010, uh, the recession killed 100 and 70,000 small businesses. Let me say that again. From 2008 to 2010, the United States lost 170,000 small businesses. Did that um, cause the economy to crash and burn? Well, of course not. Um, Companies come and companies go. So telling people that, um, you know, the, the economy is going to crater because we've lost business, um, isn't necessarily true. Um, there may, that we will have to rebuild, but um, that doesn't end 
excuse me, that doesn't end the economy and helping business is, I just don't think it's the way. There are certain businesses that are absolutely necessary. Now, Robert Reich, who was a, um, economic advisor for uh, Barack Obama. He says, um, don't bail out any business. And to some degree, I agree with him. Uh, bailing out the businesses, uh, allow them to um, make bad decisions and, and keep making bad decisions. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute um, because you might have a question about that. But anyway, um, he says, bail out no businesses, none whatsoever. Let them all um, live with the, the, what they've done. And to some degree, I, as I said, I, I agree with him, but I think there are essential businesses. So we have essential needs, food, shelter, clothing. Those are essential just to survive. Um, so, so I think bailing out maybe grocery stores are um, is is important. Not restaurants. Bailing out grocery stores, making sure that grocers are available to so that people can go there and get food uh, to sustain life. Um, not new clothing stores, but uh, um, reusable clothes, reused clothing, secondhand clothing stores, uh, Goodwill, um, you know, other small retailers that recycle clothing um, would be a business that, that were that are worthy of uh, supporting during uh, you know bailing out during this this crisis and then and then sheltering um, so part of the reason that um, that there is a concern so the the market system, so understanding the market system will help you understand, you know, why I say what I say as far as building building out businesses. Um, we have a system; our market system is designed so that we can anyone anyone with a desire can start a business providing a good service to help make the, the economy better, to help bring, make life better for the citizens of that economy, of, of our economy. And with that allows new ideas to, to permeate throughout the society and find a better way to build a better, a better mousetrap. There are other systems of, of economic um, management where um, a small group of people determine who will head companies and who will, you know, what, what those companies will, services will provide and won't provide and how they provide them. Um, but but our, our system allows differing ideas. The more ideas that you have, um, place on doing something, the more likely you are to find solutions that more people are going to find useful. Um, 
So, so allowing more people to participate, allowing more people to be a part of that economic system is a good thing. So now, what Stephanie and uh, Steve were, were pushing was not helping the average citizen not putting money into the average citizen's hand, but but putting it in the hands of business and let business decide how society operates, how society um, moves forward, who uh, determines uh, how goods and services will be delivered. And, and, and that is absolutely backwards. Um, when you or I or everyone go into a business and purchase what we're saying is that we agree with how you're delivering your goods and services we agree with your management strategies we agree with you know your pricing and and so we are voting our our we're voting our preferences our choices with our dollars if the government bails out a business that is not us voting with our dollars. That is saving businesses who may not, who may be, have been on their way out, who may have been failing. And now they've got an infusion of cash and an infu infusion of um, resources to help them stay longer. And, um, That's, it is not a bad thing that businesses close. As I pointed out, that's part of our, part of our economic system. The feature is that businesses that don't make good decisions or don't have good products don't survive. Businesses have to make good decisions. If a business determines that in order to grow, they want business is risk. When you have a system where anybody can start a business, there's a risk. If you have to, if your business requires startup capital, you're putting your startup capital out there, believing that you have a good or service that people are going to want. If people don't want it, you will lose your investment. That is not a bad thing. That is part of the system. It's built into the system. You take that risk. If you believe that, so you've started your business and, or are you thinking of starting a business and you finance your business or finance part of your business or finance your growth through loans, that's an additional risk. So not only do you have to pay back that loan, so you have to make the resources, uh, cost of the resources to to, uh, to finance, to pay back the loan and to pay back the interest on the loan. Um, but that is a choice. Uh, so Stephanie said that is how business works. That is how business has chose to work. Businesses can put put capital aside as they as they do business put capital aside and then finance their growth on that capital. 
But what they've chosen is rather than um, build towards being better or growing, they're going to finance their way into it. And that's a choice. That choice is a risk. It, it, it has a risk associated with it. And if we bail out businesses that make bad choices, we're not, the system is not working properly because you're supposed to learn from your successes and your failures in business just as in life. And if when businesses fail, they can always get an infusion of cash or get an infusion um, of, of resources, then they don't have to make those tough decisions. They don't have to recognize that their bad decisions are responsible for their bad outcomes. And you might say to me, well, this is a, an unusual situation. This is you know, something that they couldn't have planned for. And that's incorrect. Part of, so when you go into financing your business with loans, you recognize that you no longer become nimble, that you, that you are leveraging your current situation on what you hope will happen. If you're, if you're producing six widgets a month and you want to produce seven widgets a month and you don't put the funds aside so that you can buy the necessary equipment or buy whatever it is that you need to start producing seven widgets and you decide, well, I'm going to finance this. Then what you're saying is, is I'm going to continue to uh, have the necessary influx of cash to pay off the loan and pay off uh, and have what I need in order to um, grow uh, to seven widgets a month. So um, that's not, if you're not making the right decisions, it is incumbent upon the company to make the right decision, make the right choices. If you don't make the right choices, you will, your business will fail. And it's, it's, it should be based on um, your choices. No, you, you could not have, uh, or companies could not have necessarily known that the coronavirus was going to be an issue and that the economy was going to shut down completely. But you do know that um, it's quite possible that something can happen in your business and that you have to sustain yourself through low times. So take example, like I said, you're making six widgets um, a month. And at some point, it's quite possible that um, your the market area that you're servicing is going to be saturated with widgets, which means people are gonna slow down buying your widgets. So you may only start selling four widgets a month until people use up whatever the widget is that you that you produce and then need to replace that widget so the you have to there's an ebb and flow in business you have to um, manage to that ebb and flow so that when you drop when you drop down to two or four widgets or three widgets a month 
that you can sustain your business until um, you're back up to six widgets a month or seven widgets a month or to grow. And if you sustain that using loans, you've added risk on top of risk because if it does not, if you're, if the uh, flow, if the selling of widgets does not reach six widgets in the time that it takes you to, to pay back that loan. Um, now you've incurred debt that is weighing you down much heavier. So, pardon me. Um, so, so businesses are responsible for planning for difficult times. Um, and if they, if they use, if loans is one of their primary uh, tools for, um, business management, um, then they, they should be responsible for the risk that are associated with, with the loans. Um, part of the um, stimulus package, I think was low interest or no interest loans. And so because we're still, we, there's still people who have, who had loans during the 2008 um, recession. Um, I don't, that I think have not paid those loans back. And so now we're making um, no interest loans and I don't know what the terms are. You know, what is, what is the payback um, time timetable? Um, how long do they get to use that money? Um, and what happens if they default on that loan? What happens if that business does not survive? Um, you know, how, how is that structured so that so that we don't have to dispose of that that money um, to people who should have, you know, had a uh, contingency plan for how they operate their business? Um, So I'm just uh, looking through my notes real quick here. So as I mentioned, there were there um, um, essential businesses that I think that we should uh, support, and that you know that's food, shelter, and clothing, and not necessarily new clothing, but. Um, that's what I think is important. I am a firm believer in our market system that if you go into business, you are responsible for managing that business in a responsible way. You can't grow your business and then in order to try to survive, uh, block other people from challenging you for the position that you've achieved. Um, if you get complacent as a company and don't continue to in innovate, and there are things that um, new innovations to come along, why should you be able to retain that position um, if you're going to slow the growth of 
um, society and the ability for society to access new goods and services that may be better for them. And so my concern with the, with uh, um, bailing out businesses is that, um, and I'm and I may have mentioned this, is that if they don't, if if they don't learn the lesson, if they if they're able to make the mistakes and constantly be bailed out of those mistakes, they will never learn from those mistakes. They will never make changes, and they will continue to look for um, escape hatches rather than better managing their business for um, the consumer. Um, you know, there are companies that constantly get negative um, reviews on customer service. Their customer service is absolutely horrible. And, and they're called out on it year after year after year. And because they don't have competition, because they've been given a monopoly or given an opportunity to not have to be uh, challenged on their position, they don't have to make the changes. They don't, it's not imperative. There's no, there's no fire lit under them to, to make their customer feel that they have spent their money well to be happy with the goods and services that they purchase. Those companies can literally ignore the the screams and the the um, displeasure that is expressed towards them until they're ready to deal with that, and they continue to raise prices. How, how do you raise prices when people are telling you they don't like you? I guess because they're forced into, if they want to have a service, they have to have you. So you believe that because they're giving you their dollar, that they're giving you their approval. And that's not always necessarily the case. I'd like to see our system um, work as it should. And hopefully we will get to that. Hopefully we will uh, make that happen. And, um, While I don't like the idea of companies having to go out of business because of this, um, if there's any uptick or any positive side of that, um, we may have new businesses that come, come into being that, um, that put the customer first and that are innovators and um, can compete for some of those positions that um, they, they couldn't be, compete far before. Um, I'm going to thank you very much for taking the time to join me this afternoon. I um, blew my mic out uh, earlier because I was doing some technical things, trying to uh, make the show as interesting as possible. And so I had to redo the the podcast, basically. So I um, hopefully um, got everything squared away and that everything looks good and that uh, the podcast uh, was enjoyable for you. Uh, again, I might take next week off. Uh, it is my intent to, but I might run across a subject that I um, really want to cover 
this was one of them. Um, I, I love business. I have been an entrepreneur. I had my own business since 1991. Um, uh, I haven't been as successful as I'd like, but um, I had the opportunity. And, and that's all I can really ask for. All I can ask for is an opportunity. And I had that. Um, and so I'm happy. I've done my best to, to provide goods and services. I'm trying to, to do that here and now. Um, if you've got the entrepreneurial spirit in you, um, you can't be defeated by uh, losing your business. It, while it may be heartbreaking, um, um, entrepreneurs look for opportunities to be entrepreneurs. Um, so hopefully um, you and your family will be safe during this time. Um, if you are having some difficulty, uh, you are a business owner and you're having some difficulty, I, I wish you the best. Um, uh, hang in there. Um, um, we always need you. We need people who uh, want to provide the best of goods and services and help make society better. That concludes this episode, and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lions Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude-adjustment2. Remember, the Internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.